Let us give thanks. My favorite prayer is thank you, thank you, thank you. This reading is from uh, Max Coots. He's a UU minister. It's a prayer of thanksgiving. He says, Let us give thanks for generous friends with hearts as big as Hubbard's and smiles as bright as their blossoms, for feisty friends as tart as apples, for continuous friends who, like scallions and cucumbers, keep reminding us we have them, (laughs) for crotchety friends as sour as rhubarb and as indestructible, for handsome friends who are as gorgeous as eggplants and elegant as a row of corn, and others plain as potatoes and so good for you. <laughs> for funny friends who are as silly as Brussels sprouts and as, as, and as amusing as Jerusalem artichokes, serious friends as complex as cauliflower and intricate as onions, for friends as unpretentious as cabbages, as subtle as summer squash, as persistent as parsley, as delightful as dill, as endless as zucchini, (laughs) and who, like parsnips, can be counted on to see you through the long winter. For old friends nodding like sunflowers in the evening time, and young friends coming on fast like radishes. For loving friends who wind around us like tendrils and hold us, despite our blights, wilts, and witherings. And finally, for those friends now gone, like gardens past that have been harvested, but who have fed us in their time that we might have life thereafter. For all these, we give thanks. Amen. What a reading. Uh, Our second reading this morning is a poem called Kindness. And uh, I just want to... Poetry sometimes is hard on the ears to understand. So the word in here is maize, and it's corn, not a maze in corn. <laughs> Just so when you hear it, you don't get hung up on it and miss the rest of the poems. It's a good, a good poem. Kindness. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment, like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go. So you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride, thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. 
Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you. How he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to mail letters and purchase bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for. And then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend. A few weeks ago, Kate Tucker and I gathered with 35 elders of the church. The theme of our gathering was gratitude. And this group of elders living and thinking about all of the experiences in their lives, the moments, they shared some powerful stories with us that day. And they have given me permission to share some of these beautiful, tender, tear-filled stories. One woman shared, I remember the love I got from sharing a small bedroom with my grandmother and the wonderful memories of Thanksgiving during my growing up years. Times were tough, and all three families shared in buying the turkey. I learned very early on that it is a lot more than money that makes you feel loved and content. Another spoke of a snowy November day. I was driving and listening to Truman Capote's Thanksgiving gift being read on the radio. It captivated me. So I pulled over into a park and stopped the car. The snow was gently falling and continued to fall as I sat in my warm car listening to the voice on the radio. There were many, many other memories, too, not all related to Thanksgiving. I remember seeing a scarlet cardinal in February, its brilliant color standing out amidst those stark, dark, bare branches of the tree. Its shrill voice, what cheer, what cheer, rolling across the early morning quiet. Its rowdy enthusiasm announcing the coming in time of a regenerated earth. Another member recalled the brave daffodils in an April snowstorm, erect and proud and yellow with their little caps of snow. And with the coming of summer, this memory, my family had a wonderful collie for many years. I can close my eyes and see the tip of his tail waving above the field of grain as he roamed about. 
summer brought other memories. I loved playing with my rubber band powered model airplane, watching it circle high into the sky over the treetops. And then the confession, actually this was just a few years ago <laughs> that, I, that he played with that rubber band powered airplane. Another recalled a little girl at the state fair and her lamb and how she was washing it down, washing it down with soap and water and kissing it and saying, I don't know if you will get a blue ribbon, but I want you to know that I think you are the most beautiful lamb in all of Minnesota. It reminds me of a story my mother-in-law, a retired social worker, shared with me. She knew a woman with advanced Alzheimer's whose husband of 50 years visited every day. Each time he came, he would look at his wife and lovingly ask, Do you know who I am? And she would look and then say, I don't know who you are, but I know that I love you. Tender, tender moments. These elders shared memories of their babies and then grandbabies patting their cheek, holding one-month-old, one-day-old grandchildren and being proud, so proud of grandsons' essays and the coming-of-age celebration that happens right here in this church. Another, with tears in her eyes, spoke of times when her adult children took care of her when she was ill. Another shared how good it felt to be embraced by the pastoral care team in response to family health issues. Another elder remembered finding out that her son-in-law had brain cancer. She knew her daughter and their children would need help, but she was frightened. She didn't know if she had the strength to be present to her daughter and son-in-law and to help them. But she heard a sermon from Kate Tucker about sacred tasks. And those words gave her courage. They were a garment of blessing. And she carried those words with her as she cared for her son-in-law through his illness and eventual death. Friends, the fabric of our lives is woven of sorrow and kindness, gratitude, awe and joy, darkness and light. These are the threads that connect us. And this Thursday, after cross-country flights and delays and road trips and traffic and last-minute cooking and burnt food and finally a settling in to your seat and a saying of thank you. We will be once again gathered around that table, partaking in a tradition older than we know. Thanksgiving has its roots as a harvest festival, a celebration of the bounty from the, the sprouting of seeds and the growing and then the ripening through spring and summer and fall, that collecting of that bounty that will sustain and nourish lives that will get people through the winter. Many trace the roots of modern-day Thanksgiving to 1621 at Plymouth Plantation, where a small band of pilgrims, our religious ancestors, by the way, they left England and 
the Anglican tradition for a chance to practice freedom in their religion in their own way. Freedom of religion mattered to them. In 1621, this small band of pilgrims shared a harvest festival meal with the Wampanoag people. And sadly, this, this partnership between native, native peoples and Europeans was not to last. The pilgrims had arrived a year earlier, seeking freedom, like I said, from the Anglican church, and half of them died that first winter, men and women and children. So surely this gathering in 1621, was filled with thanks. But there must have been an acute awareness as they looked around the table of who was missing, who was not a part of that celebration. Today, Thanksgiving is much less about a harvest festival than it is about the day before the great launch into Christmas and Black Friday in that overwhelming onslaught. But we still gather around the table. We still make time to gather around the table like our ancestors did long ago. And when we gather with all sorts of complicated and quirky new and, and even new people around us, and, and of course we're never the complicated or quirky one at the table, <laughs> right? It's always someone else. When we gather, how can we not pause for a moment to reflect on the seasons of our lives, the ups and downs, the losses, challenges, blessings? In short, how can we not pause for a moment to give thanks for all that is our life, our lives which now rest in that very moment around that very table with those people? Isn't gratitude a key piece of what connects us around the table? Gratitude for the precious and fragile gift of life. Gratitude for those funny and crotchety and tart and feisty and loving friends and family. Some long gone. But isn't it also sorrow and loss and grief and love? that connects us around that table. These things are surely our birthright, just as joy is. Being human means feeling the future dissolve in a moment, like salt in a weakened broth. Being human means what you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved. All this must go so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness, between the regions of bounty and surplus. Dreams, homes, jobs, identity, at times, all this must go. And in those losses, we face the reality that sorrow is one of the deepest things inside. It is the thread that connects us to every other human being. And so is kindness. A rabbinical student. A rabbinical student is said to have once asked his mentor, why is it written that God placed love on the heart rather than in the heart? And the mentor replied, 
God placed it there so that when the heart breaks open, love falls in. So this week, we will gather around tables, brokenhearted and whole, kindness and gratitude, dancing and making meaning out of despair and loss. And this Thanksgiving, either that day or this week, you have an assignment. Inside your order of service, there's a blank note and an envelope. Your task, and you cannot choose to not accept this task, (laughs) because it's really simple. Your task is to write a letter of gratitude to someone who has touched your life. It could be a grandparent, a partner, a friend, a doctor, a mechanic, a teacher, one of your kids' teachers in our religious education program. I don't know who it is. You know who it is. Someone who showed you great kindness, who loved you when you felt unlovable, who was there, who supported you when you needed it most. Write that letter. You don't have to write it right now (laughs) in the pew. But write that letter. Express the gratitude. The other assignment, you don't have to do anything but just mentally activate for this one. The other assignment is do not forget the table. This table, yes, of course, but the bigger table too. The table that lures, that brings together families and the human family. The table that is at the center of all our gatherings, that which we come around to break bread, to give thanks, to share stories, to shed tears. This church, in many ways, is a table. And we're always making room for one more as best we can, always on the lookout for unknown guests. The empty cup is waiting. And once we sit down at that bigger table, not just our family table, but the human family table, once we catch a glimpse of that and we discover we are not alone, that our story is in fact the human story, that we are surrounded by fellow travelers connected by gratitude, loss, kindness, and love, once we see that, something shifts. And the bottom line, the rock-solid bottom line, as I think about this table, this center that brings us together, that we gather around, call it what you will. But as I look at you amazing, beautiful people in the balcony and you musicians and all of you out here, what is true, what is most true is I do not know who all of you are. I don't. I do not know who all of you are, but I know, I know after the events of last week and what it means to be in a faith community, I know that I love you. I don't know who all of you are, but I know that I love you. Happy Thanksgiving and amen.